a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. The reason is because you don't have the sacraments. I mean, once you don't have the sacraments, then basically everybody's a pastor. Because that's what a pastor is, a guy that's there to preach the gospel and administer the sacraments. Once the sacraments cease to mean anything in your theological construct, then ministry becomes something different than the giving out of God's gift of forgiveness. The reason why we go to church is not to hear about how we have to go out and, and be missionalists. The reason we go to church is to get the forgiveness of our sins. That's why Jesus instituted the church. And I think that's the point. See, when a pastor considers this option of, hmm, maybe I'll substitute these parts of the liturgy, the the question before him should not be, will it win more people over? The question before them should be, would this deliver Christ in a better way than it already does? And the parts of the liturgy are direct quotes from Holy Scripture. And I don't think that you can improve upon the delivery of Christ uh, from them. I mean, just imagine the next radical that shall be even more radical. This will be the book that I'm going to write. Even more well, radical. What part of cutting off your hand is unclear in the Bible? <laughs> if you still have two hands, you show yourself to be a false disciple of Jesus. <laughs> Taking down mysticism one phrase song at a time, this is Table Talk Radio. I, by the way, I'm working on the middle school edition of the book, Even More Radical. <laughs> oh, what's that going to be like? <laughs> the children's book, you know, with illustration, <laughs> How to Cut Off Your Hand. That'll be a big seller. Arch book. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, well, why don't you call uh, CPH and see if they'll, if they'll consider that. I love CPH. All right. Hey. Well, hey, so today we're just going to do some praise yeah. song crunching. Crazy. Uh, so, I need this, you know. It kind of it lifts me up. <laughs> I know. Like eagle's wings. <laughs> uh, so if I'm you, ready to soar. If you are unfamiliar to, with oh, the praise song cruncher, you can just go over to our website and print this sucker off at tabletalkradio.org. <laughs> And you'll find uh, on the, under the Articles tab, Praise Song Cruncher 2.0, you have a five-question diagnostic to discover whether songs are useful for worship. And uh, it, this is particularly uh, written to evaluate the uh, level of mysticism in a praise song. Because um, uh, we, we have found, I should say, Pastor Wolf from there, you're the, you're the brainchild behind all this. Yeah. Uh, he, he found that, hey, look, you have a song Send your hate mail to me. <laughs> Praise song crunching it's, jerks. P S C J. So, so somebody in your church wants to sing a praise song and say, "Hey, look, show me the false doctrine. Where's the false doctrine in this song? Why can't we sing it?" Yeah, and okay. it's like, well, uh, I guess there isn't, but um, it doesn't say anything, so it can't have false doctrine. So, also, it's finding false doctrine in a praise song is like finding false doctrine in a fire hydrant. <laughs> So, but we did find something that uh, that praise songs are set, setting out to do, and that is to draw you into e- emotional uh, presence and emotional connection with God, which is completely contrary to the scriptures when God gives us His gifts through means, through word and sacrament. So, uh, to to be pointed away from word and sacrament um, is false, <laughs> false doctrine, false teaching. Where do you find this on our? 
page? Because I'm looking on our page and I see the YouTube video of show 239. Well, our listeners um, who were actually listening heard me say this under the articles tab. Okay, there it is. <laughs> Click here to view the Prey Song Cruncher 2.0. Ooh, PDF. Uh, yes, okay. So uh, let's get some buzzwords and we'll get to the praise songs. My buzzword for you is a buzz phrase that I've never used before. Ex opere operato. That sounds so familiar. Where have <laughs> I heard that before? You didn't get it last show. We're bringing it back to this show. I'm you thinking know. about this especially because I'm going to be down in Texas. Pro- you know, probably when this show is airing, or when this spo- show is supposed to be airing, if someone would send out the uh, the hey, feed there, the hey, podcast. Chris Rosebro is fantastic at airing our show. Rosebro. Uh, and that is, I will be down in Austin, Texas at the ACELJFZ <laughs> conference. I really we gotta you know we need to we need thing? to uh, have a book of of acronyms of Lutheran associations and clubs A C E L C which I think stands for the American oh I in fact don't know what it stands for I'm sure the I mean that's E-L-C why we stand for Evangelical Lutheran Churches so so you're talking to some Lutheran they're talking about some acronym you just pull out your book and look it up oh that one okay now now we I need know an app about. we need a, a, yeah. a Lutheran app anyhow. These guys graciously invited me. I'm excited about this. They invited me to come down. It's a conference on worship. And on Tuesday, we'll be hearing a paper. What are the big questions about worship? Then we'll be hearing a paper from a high church, the traditional worship, and then a low church, a contemporary worship pastor. And then on Wednesday morning, I'm supposed to go and provide Concordia in worship. I'm not 100% sure what that's going to be like. But that's why I'm thinking about ex opere operato, because the Lutheran guys, you know, the guys that are writing the Lutheran confessions, they're all in a tizzy about this ex opere operato, which means from the working of the work, and comes from the early Middle Ages, and it finds its way into scholasticism, and it and it's saying that, this, that the sacraments affect uh, the delivery of grace by the work themselves, as opposed to the word. That's how they're taking it. So they, the Lutherans understand this is a tradition of men, that, that you can earn grace through a particular work. I think we said it last week, that you're presenting in the courtroom uh, where which in which the Lord wants to declare you righteous because of Jesus, you're there, you go there and present your own work, either a liturgical work or a moral work or whatever kind of work it is. And did we say this last time? I can't remember, uh, but I want to say it again because the modern way of saying ex opere operato is by saying we have a method. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I want to make this connection and say that Methodism is the Protestant version of the Catholic confession of ex opere operata. Hmm. I can't think of a worse person to get to speak on the topic you have than you. I mean, are you supposed, to kind, of, are you supposed to kind of draw these sides together and say, hey, look, we all... No, no of course. No. They, don't, they, they cannot be drawn together. Okay. Of course. Okay. No, they, that is the hallucinatory of, of... So I think what I'm supposed to do... I, mean, I don't know. What I, this is what I am going to do. Is I'm going to talk about this definition of worship that that Philip Melanchthon gives in the treatise on the power and primacy of the Pope, where he says this. Now, okay, let me set this up a little bit. If I were to ask a bajillion Lutherans or ten, I'd say, "Hey, could you define worship for me?" And you would get a lot of different answers. But I'll tell you the definition of worship that you would not get, and it is this: the definition that Melanchthon gives in the treatise. He says, "True worship is faith fighting against despair." Yeah, Which we is, had that uh, on the show just a couple of weeks ago. We did? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, when we were playing I Book can, of Concord, I can beat? tell what you've been thinking about lately. Yeah, that's all I've been thinking about because I want to try to do a decent job for these guys. I mean, our listeners. Why know start now? How, how much I, how much I care about doing well. <laughs> Anyhow, I suspect that no one would give that definition of worship. But so this is the uh, what I'm putting forth as my goal of my papers. That after it's done, we'll all say, "Hey, worship is faith fighting against despair." That's what you got to do is have have everybody write down their definition of worship and put it in a hat and just draw some out and just read them. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. Um, I want to go back to something you said uh, just a minute ago. Uh, is low church contemporary worship now? I don't know. Oh, okay. If I said that, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> It's two different things. My theological buzzword for you is gospel, which means good news. No, no. Oh, all right. I guess it does, but you got to keep going. It means good news about something. I know. Specific. Let okay. me finish. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> In fact, that's exactly what I was going to say. This isn't just mean <laughs> this this random good news. Like, hey, the the Dodgers are going to the World Series. Well, that's good. They news. are not. But the good news is the Rockies <laughs> have won five in a row now. As of today. <laughs> that is good news. <laughs> Dexter Fowler has four home runs. Rockies have more team home runs than any other team in Major League Baseball. Look at you. I didn't know you were such and a baseball fan. I am when the Rockies are winning, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that is good news, but that is not yet the gospel because the gospel, the good news of the gospel is the particular news that uh, our sins are forgiven, uh, that God has appeased um, I should say, the per- in the person of Jesus, God has appeased the Father's wrath. And so uh, he now it no longer carries out his wrath for sin upon us. And that is good news. The good news mm-hmm. is that we have peace with God, fellowship with God once again, because of the objective work of Jesus, uh, which we receive uh, by faith alone. Uh, right. But the... Yeah. All right. So uh, I think, by the way, you know how we have the standing rule if you slip in the, the buzzword without the other person noticing you get 500 points? Yes. I think if it's a Latin word, you get 1,000 points. Okay. Fine. 1,000. Okay. That's my goal. Okay. You just get it without it. What, now, you know what I say? When you give points to someone who uses the buzzword without knowing they're using the buzzword, that is what we call ex opere operato. <laughs> 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 By the method. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, we we have just enough time to read this email before the break, and then we'll hear the song on the other side. Do you have that? I do. That from email? Karina from Denmark. Yeah. Wow. We're an international listener. Hi, guys. This is perhaps a little out of your pond. Our <laughs> pond is the world, Karina. That's right. We are interna- We are the international praise song crunchers. That sounds like a new church body. <laughs> IPSC. Uh, I would really appreciate it if you could take your time to crunch this praise song. It's been causing a lot of discussion in my family. The latest reason for this was when I was recently TV broadcasted nationwide from a church associated with the so-called, quote, Lutheran State Church in Denmark. And this particular church in Aarhus recruits a lot of its members, including most of my former friends, from the pietist conservative movement. My problem with this particular song is especially the line, you look at me with pride because I am reminiscent of you. My husband, Magnus, whom I think you, Wolfmuller, know from seminary, calls it therapeutic Pelagianism. Jot that guy down. <laughs> Which might could be added as a worldview catalog. Anyway, I'd like to hear your point of view and get some good arguments to throw into the discussion with my family and friends. Thanks, and keep up whatever you guys is not doing to make the program great. 
<laughs> well, Sincerely, Carino with greetings from Magnus. Uh, you can hear it performed in Danish here. Whoa. Yeah, so this this is an exciting day for Table Talk Radio because this is our first Danish praise song, which we'll be crunching on the air. And we're going to be doing... First of many, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we're going to be doing that right after this commercial break. During the break, you can go to tabletalkradio.org and check out our merchandise shop. Just click on store right there at the top. And you can look at the uh, plethora of Table Talk Radio items we have, including T-shirts, doggy dishes, and baby bibs. <laughs> we'll be right back to uh, be your Danish praise song crunching jerks on Table Talk Radio right after this. Table Talk Radio. It's incredible how well our good looks translate to radio. All right, it is time to hear our Whoa, very- back already? Yeah. Did you, did you check out our store during that break? No, we have to? we got this thing going. Uh, this new, our newest T-shirt, which will be the shirt that says "Heresy is annoying." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I can't believe we haven't had that yet. Yeah, I can't either. We are slacking. If we could get that, if we could get that up there by the end of this segment, I would appreciate it. <laughs> we need someone to design it and all that. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we only have the best designers for our T-shirts. All right. Here, send it to the Table Dog Radio crack graphic design team. Yeah, that's right. Okay, here's our uh, Danish praise song for your crunching pleasure. Oh, yeah, yeah, that there's wrong. Having to get to interpretation right now, though. Good, I know. Good thing I grew up speaking Danish. I did grow up eating Danish. I think that's repetitious. It's amazing how repetition crosses language barriers, doesn't it? Yeah, indeed. Uh, let's see here. We have uh, an interpretation from the gift of either from the gift of interpretation or from Google Translate. <laughs> In fact, this is from uh, Karina has, uh, with the help of Google Translate, has given us a translation, and it goes like this from Psalm eight: "Your heaven, your fingers work all creation overwhelms me. How majestic is your name!" Your moon, sun, and star splendor circling over me and lit up. How majestic is your name. But what is man? What is man? Ooh, man. I'll tell you, some of the best stuff in the entire world about the suffering of Jesus on the cross comes from Luther's interpretation of this text in Psalm 8. That is beautiful stuff. Anywho, you look at me with pride because I am reminiscent of you. Oh, my. (laughs) What's wrong with that? Whoa. Let's hear that one again. 
You look at me with pride because I am reminiscent of you, or in the original, du serpagmi med solten for jegminder dint om dig. You rejoice and crown me with glory and honor. You think bigger thoughts than I dare hope for myself. I am deeply grateful for you for your creator love. How majestic is your name? Okay, Boy. so uh, there's this is nice. Now, um, <laughs> by nice you mean not this, nice. This is nice for crunching. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now let's address that line first because that was the cause for dissension in the in in uh, Karina's family. There, uh, you look at me with pride because I am reminiscent of you. Now uh, we can say that man is made in the image of God. Go. Mm, right, man is made in the image of God. But a man has also lost that image of God uh, in the fall. And and um, the Lord looks at us with pride, not because of our nature, that we are created by him, but rather because of our justification, because we are died for by Jesus. And that's what this psalm is about. You have made him little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor. That is Jesus that it's talking about there, hmm. and not you. That's why this text... Uh, is used in, uh, I mean, we, if we need to wonder about this, we look at Hebrews chapter 2, which quotes Psalm 8, talking about Jesus. I mean, this is, a, this is a messianic promise. And then to take that messianic promise and apply it to the person, rather than to apply it to Jesus, is an incredible abuse of the text. Uh, this counts, by the way, as false doctrine. I mean, this is just really bad. You look at me with pride because I'm reminiscent of you. So that, I mean, it's the whole, now you have this, you, you, you know what's taking over in the whole thinking of the church is the idea of, it. we can call it the gospel of the relationship. So that what, so that the gospel is. That does not count as the you, buzzword. <laughs> what did I say? What is the, oh, the gospel is the buzzword. I was ex opere operato use. Yeah. The, the gospel of the relationship, which is, so here's your big problem. You're alienated from God. You're lonely. You're empty on the inside. And what's the, the, what's the, the corresponding law to that kind of vacuous gospel is this idea that now Jesus really loves you. Oh, man, he draws close to you. He's near you. And you get all this relationship language, which is just a light kind of mysticism. So, so Jesus draws close. Now, can we talk rightly about Jesus being our friend? Well, yes, Jesus says, I don't call you slaves anymore. I call you friends. But that is not to the exclusion of real sin and real wrath and real sacrifice and real declared righteousness. I mean, all of those things go by the wayside. So you hear people say, it's not about a religion. It's about a relationship. And this is the relationship. God loves you uh, no matter what. God loves you for who you are. This is false. God does not love you because of who you are. He loves you because of who Jesus was for you. That's the only reason he loves you. I mean, apart from Christ and his death on the cross, God is angry at you. Apart from Christ and his shedding of blood, his suffering and dying, God has nothing for you but wrath. And if we have any sort of love from God, apart from the death of Jesus, we have created God, an un of God, an unjust God, and a God who abandons his own law that he gave, and a God who is just like a 90s man who walks up to us in a sweater vest and wraps his arm around us and says, yeah, uh, 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 how did it go? Uh, I'm good and I'm nice and gosh darn it, people like me. Or whatever. If I didn't That's know better, horrible. I never thought you were trying to get on the soundbite of the week. Man. 
on that rant. But I, I, you're, you're exactly right. Um, and, and I think I'll be calmer next time. You'll have to. T- you'll have never, never mind. I like this gospel of the relationship. Anytime Pastor Wolfmuller, anytime Pastor Wolfmuller mentions a, a sweater vest, you know he's trying to get on soundbite. Sweater world. vest. <laughs> God does not wear sweater vests. <laughs> I'm reading this book, by the way, I, which I will not mention. But if you want me to, I'll read a little passage from. Well, let me. There's this whole ah ah. This whole thing, this whole book is about um, uh, is about relationship, and it's re- it's it's how I r- realize this uh, th- that everything now is 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 given over to um, to to this paradigm or to this metaphor of the relationship. You know, it's not we, we here we forget that Christianity is all about a relationship with Christ. And we start to settle for the kind of Christianity where we check off our to-do lists for God. We inevitably experience the emptiness of religion. Religion is all about humankind trying to work its way into God's approval. And there's always leaves an emptiness and an ache of the soul. Uh, so do, you, do you see this, the, yeah, yeah. this paradigm that's set up there? Oh, yeah. I, I, and I think you're right. This is the, uh, the false view of Christianity of the day. Um, the fact of the matter is everyone has a relationship with God because he is, uh, because they are his creation. Now the question is, is that a relationship, a relationship of wrath or a re- relationship of love? And if it's a relationship of love, how is it a relationship right. of love? Right. Now, um, I think, now you have to tell me when you go out and do your street project, I think yes. you walk up to the average Joe and if they believe in God, uh, and you ask them, well, what does God think of you? I think most people think, oh, God loves me for who I am. Yeah. You think that's right? That's exactly right. And that's exactly what this praise song says. God loves me because of who I am. He sees in me a reflection of himself. So God really is impressed with himself. And then he looks at me and he sees sees a little bit of himself. So now he's pretty impressed with me. Right. That is just kind of disgusting. So so a lot of times people think that that getting the gospel out – I'm using your buzzword – Getting the gospel out means to just like talk really about how God is gospel. God is loving, you know. Uh, so, right. uh, I mean, this this is the the thing that um, that F- that Fisk brought out. Actually, he brought it out from uh, a work by uh, I don't remember who wrote the book, uh, but this therapeutic moralistic deism, right? Oh uh, yes, yeah. Uh, so, that so that ev- everyone's problem, everyone's sin problem, is low self esteem, <laughs> and they just yeah, need to be lifted up. Reading in this book, that's I mean it's the same sort of thing. You're empty, you're lonely, you think bad about yourself. Remember, God loves you for who you are. It's like Osteen. It's it's a it's a rejection of original sin. With the and the only we can, if we don't have sin, we don't have forgiveness of sin. So if you don't have the problem, you don't have the solution. If if you don't realize how bad you are, then the death of Jesus makes no sense. That's why Magnus calls this therapeutic Pelagianism, and that is right on. I don't know how to say that into Danish. I'm going to put it in the I'm going to put therapeutic Pelagianism into the Google Translator. See how well, let's, it does. let's get a start on this. Is Jesus mentioned? Uh, uh, no. No Jesus. Okay. Mystical form. Uh, we're looking for uh, sentences and repetition. I think so. It's certainly repetitious. I can't tell if it's sentences or not. Uh, so Yeah, that's maybe an unfair question of a Google Translation. <laughs> All right. What about uh, mystical content with immediacy, romance, loss of self, internal or subjective? Majestic is your name as a manager. By the way, if you want to look at this yourself, you can go to tabletalkradio.org. So we're, we, uh, for the sake of time, are trying to zoom through these categories, but you can read what this means. Romance, loss of self, what's wrong with you? It's all on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Uh, maybe. 
It's maybe there. It's not really clear. I mean, it's kind of um, it wants to be just sort of a generic. Hey, God, you're really awesome. So I don't see a lot of mystical content except for this. I am reminiscent of you kind of thing. I've got God DNA. <laughs> All right. We're going to be asking the questions of law and gospel. And I guess we've already addressed the false teaching. Uh, so does this song have law and gospel? We'll discuss that after this commercial break. And then next up, we're going to be uh, crunching a song by the name of He Laid His Hand On Me. We'll see oh. if that's mystical right after this break. <laughs> Sit. We can do no other. Table Talk Radio. All right, Pastor Wolfner, does this first Danish song of the praise song Cruncher have anything about law and gospel? Uh, Let me go here. There's no... Except for, no, there can't be any law. Remember, we talked about this already. Aren't you paying attention? I'm paying attention today. <laughs> this, Are by the way. announce my intent to pay attention to this whole show? This is, this is a historic day in Table Talk Radio history for two reasons. Number one, it's the first time we've crunched a Danish break song. But not the last. The, uh, the second reason this is a historic day is this is the first day Pastor Wolfmuller has closed Facebook during the recording of the show. And that's the last. <laughs> okay, so I, I would say that this is probably crunched. Crunch it, baby. Let's go on to this next one. He laid his hand on me. I don't think this is going to be mystical at all with a title <laughs> like that. Liz writes, my son had this song playing. In fact, she writes, okay, my son had this song playing. <laughs> like preparing us. I'm for sending it to you for the cruncher. It could possibly set a new record for explicit false teaching. I have no idea whether it's used anywhere as a praise song in a church, but I cringe thinking that my dear Christian radio listening girlfriends are absorbing this stuff. <laughs> Me too. I would sincerely appreciate hearing your, your evaluation of it, as well as how false doctrine creeps into our minds when we listen to this stuff. Thanks, Liz. All right. Let's focus on that idea, uh, the false doctrine seeping into our minds, creeping into our minds. And here is the song, He Laid His Hand on Me. And one day when I was walking all alone, he laid his hand on me. He laid his hand on me. He wrote the song, let the songbirds sing. And he made the earth spin around the sun. Ain't that the coolest thing? He created a fish that could swim upstream. Doesn't make any sense. Well, he gave me a light. 
All right, that's he laid his hand on me. <laughs> this number one is off the charts in creepiness. <laughs> Why? Then you want to be walking alone at night. Someone lays his hand on you. Of course it doesn't mean what you think it means. You know that the the root word for the the word for rapture is the Latin word rape mir? Hmm. Just saying. I like this uh the connection to here that it says he made the tiny little wings for the big old bumblebee. One day when I was walking alone, he laid his hand on me. <laughs> <laughs> what about that part that uh uh it's it's better felt than told. Oh man. And then that when you horrible <laughs> and when you hear the message from the man himself you won't have to hear it from anybody yeah else. yeah how is that so you don't have you won't hear it you'll feel it but when you hear it, you have to hear it again. <laughs> and what we mean by hear is feel yeah, <laughs> yeah right. i mean how many times has uh has jesus just manifested himself in your study and, and started talking to you well let's leave that out of it now i want what i want to know here is this laying the hand on me is a biblical idea. There's a couple of times where, for example, when John falls down in the Revelation, and he falls mm. down before Jesus, and mm. then he lays his hand on him, and he lifts him up. I think that happens to Ezekiel as well. Uh, so that someone falls down, and the Lord comes and picks him up. Like yeah, that. falls down as a dead body, it says. <laughs> right, right. And then he's, and the Lord's hand then is raised along with the word, don't be afraid, You stand up, this kind of command. But this idea of the Lord laying his hand on me here is the idea of, um, you know, you're you're walking along and everything's normal. Uh, the Lord's making eagles and stars and oceans and bumblebees and the same hands that are creating the universe come on me in a powerful way, in an irresistible way. The Lord is directly communicating himself to me. Which is this, I mean, this is the perfect, precise key to mysticism. Now, if you wanted to make the Lord laying his hand on you not mystic, what you'd say is, the Lord laid his hand on me, and then I died. <laughs> now, uh, this, this goes back to a similar theme in our last song. Uh, the Danish, they are singing at the, the state-run Lutheran church in, in Denmark. By the way, state-run churches are never a good idea. Where the cows are... Christian, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, do you so, know that line? That's a Kierkegaard line. Kierkegaard's railing against the ch- state church, and he says everything's Christian in Denmark. Even the cows are Christian. <laughs> that is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Don't worry, I'll look it up right now. Okay, There's thanks. But but the previous song referenced on um, his uh, creator love, right? So yeah. so certainly we can we can certainly say that uh, God created us out of out of love for us. I I. I hate it when i hear this uh this idea that i don't even know where it comes from that god created us so that we would worship him i mean that is the uh, most ridiculous thing i've ever heard uh, i mean we have we have uh glorious angels and archangels praising him 24 7 and all of a sudden he goes i need some fallen humans around to start <laughs> praising me um but no we can say that that god created us so that uh we would be the object of his love so certainly out of love he created us however is it his creation love that has redeemed us? I mean, yes. he, he, uh, he, <laughs> hey. Hold on, I'm, I'm not, I'm now, by the way, just in case you're wondering, if you're keeping score, I'm not paying attention. Okay, I noticed. I'm looking for the trigger Because <laughs> I think that was the wrong answer. <laughs> no. Just let me know what I'm supposed to say. Okay, mm-hmm. you're going to want to say, uh, you're going to say, well, Evan, that's, com- that's completely right after I say this oh. next thing. Okay. Uh, the, 
the the love which we have uh, in the uh, in, in the the sinning of Jesus on the cross is the where we have redemption. So that's different than you might say his creation love. So that God so loved oh, the world that He right. gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him shall not have uh, shall not uh, or shall have everlasting life. I know John three sixteen. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't just, (laughs) thank you. It wasn't just the fact that we were a creation of God, that God is pleased with us is the point. It's the, it's the fact that he sent his son. So this is kind of an underlying theme now. Uh, he created the bees, he created the fish, he created the birds, and he laid his hand on me. The big old bumblebee. The Evan, (laughs) that's completely right. Thank you. I like it. Why don't you go ahead and get on Facebook? (laughs) I can't find this Kierkegaard quote. Surely it's on Google. Sheesh. What are you going to do without Google? Okay. So let's analyze the question, is Jesus mentioned? Um, oh, yeah. Let me go back to the lyrics. Okay. Here it is. No. In fact, he is not. Unless Jesus is the one that can, He made a man that can walk. He picked up the dust and threw it forth. He made a man that can walk, an eagle that could fly. He said, bring forth light. Let it be a starry sky. This all rhymes really well. This is some really good rhyming. This is like um, a Christian country song, too. I, I know this is a cowboy church. Oh, maybe that's where... You know, that's I know this cowboy church. That's why I'm probably having trouble, because Kierkegaard says that the cows are Christian, you know? Mm-hmm. Where that is the funniest thing. I'll try to find it in the break. I'll actually look at a real book to try to find that. Ooh, stand back, everyone. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Jesus is not no Jesus. Him. No Jesus. Nope. Okay. The next question is. Excuse me. Uh, mystical form. So sentences and repetition. Yeah, it's a, certainly repetitious. There are, I think, sentences here. So we'll put it in the middle and put a five. All right, mystical content. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> I mean, this a is like the. Bit. <laughs> this is like the. If you wanted a line that summarized mysticism, it's right here. Words cannot tell it because it's better felt than told. Yeah. The change he made in my life when he reached down for my soul. <laughs> I mean, that is just. <clears throat> that is classic. Classic mysticism. That's also, you know, in the last song we were talking... I really want to put this on Facebook. I'll wait. Don't worry, I'll wait. Thank you. Um, last long, The last song we were talking about this kind of uh, uh, emphasis on relationship, there's also a big emphasis on uh, the change one makes, you know? Uh, we've seen this all the time. So that uh, it, it doesn't matter what God has declared of me. What matters is my transformation. What oh, matters is my yeah. the, the, of who I'm becoming into. Yeah. And this is really where... Um, you know, pietism really uh, was like pouring gas on a fire, right? So that what our working definition of of pietism is is growth and good works is is more important than doctrine. Yes. Um, now, if you think about that, it's by the doctrine that is the teaching. Doctrine, by the way, means teaching, teaching, te- te- yes. teaching of Jesus in in the case of the Christian Church. So that the teaching of Jesus is what makes us righteous, because um, we hear the gospel, we hear the good news, we hear. Um, of his declarative word to us, and he, he, we are now declared righteous by God. And that is the teaching of Jesus, that is doctrine. So that is how we have a standing before God, not on the basis of our good works, not on the basis of our changing or our transformation. Yep. I think that's right. Evan, I think that's exactly... What am I supposed to say again? <laughs> Evan, I think Don't that's worry. exactly right. I, I, have it a bu- I have it on a button here. I can just push this button, and it just says that. Evan, that's exactly right. <laughs> 
Nice. I need a pass roll from their soundboard of, of all of complimentary things. I'm still compiling that soundboard. If you that, could, what what you say you, there is exactly. If right. you could say, say things like that more often, I would be able to develop my. I just don't have enough content. You know, I just not have a lack of sound bites. Uh, law gospel. Uh, no. I mean, there's no law, so there can be no gospel. The Lord laying His hand on me is a weird kind of gospel. All right, one more song to crunch on Table Talk Radio, and we'll do that right after this break. Hey, you really are listening to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Pastor Wolf and Rita's uh, from Kirkengard. Yeah, I can't. I'm looking at, I'm, I'm scanning through this Kirkengard book here, uh, and it looks like something I need to read, but I cannot find the quote where he says, even the cows in Denmark are Christian. Well, I'm sure they are. Okay, uh, we have got one more That's song here. Um, oh, man. Are you, are you ready Check for another blood one? P- blood pressure. <laughs> now, this one was sent to us um, by Sarah in Denver. I'm not sure if she goes to your church, Pastor Wolfman, or not, but uh, she sends us three. We'll only have time for one. And uh, this one is called The Spirit Song. And this oh, that sounds nice. particular one is uh, performed by um, Maranatha. Uh, here it is. This is a classic. But is it mystic? (laughs) Classic That's the song Pastor Wolfmiller sang well, in college. Go. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> that was Jesus mentioned? Come and Phil. Yeah, Jesus is mentioned. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Twice. All right. Four times, actually, because it's repeated. Okay, repeat. Uh, next question is mystical form. Repetition? Yeah, in fact, repetitious. And satisfy your soul. Let him have the things that hold you, and his spirit like a dove will descend upon your life and make you whole. What does this mean? Yes, mystic. Uh, Form. What are we talking about? Mystic content or form? Form. Sorry. Form. Yeah, half of I mean, it's mostly sentences, I think. Give him all your years of pain, and you'll enter into life in Jesus' name. Oh, give him all your tears of sadness. Give him all your years of pain. 
<laughs> this is a classic, man. Oof. I wonder when this comes from. Do you have the date? This is probably this is probably older than you. I uh, yeah, probably. Um, mystical content then. Oh yeah, tons. <laughs> so any sign of filling, you're filling. You know, fill your. Oh Jesus, come and fill your lambs with it with with what yourself. <laughs> yourself, come fill. Now, oh here, your hearts are. Oh, come and sing this song with gladness, as your hearts are filled with joy. So your hearts are being filled with joy. And how is your heart being filled with joy? Precisely in the singing of this song. Lift your hands in sweet surrender. Look at that. Sweet surrender. (laughs) Sweet surrender to his name. Okay, I have an idea for this one. I'll read the the category of mystical content, and you read the line that addresses that. Okay, got it. Immediacy. Yes. uh, Let the Son of God enfold you. Uh, Romance. With his spirit and his love. <laughs> Loss of self. Uh, uh, lift your hands and sweet surrender to his name. Internal. <laughs> Let him fill your heart and satisfy your soul. Subjective. Uh, and he will descend upon your life and make you whole. That's it. Five, five for five. Ding, ding, ding. This, got, this has to be a ten. If this isn't a ten, I don't know what it is. It is, I think, off the charts mystic. I mean, it's just like perfect mysticism. This would be one of those songs where I would have maybe been listening to it and thought, hey, mysticism is a problem with these songs. But it wasn't. But it could have been. Oh, could have been. Law and gospel. Let's see. That's a great question. Because how is the mystic give, give us the law? And that is God is far away. So here would be the law. Oh, let him have those things that hold you. Now look at that. Do you see that? Those things that hold you, this would be kind of probably what Hebrews is talking about, where it says, um, uh, let us lay aside the sin that's so easily... Oh, I should know that text. You know, somehow you know a text and you forget it. Mm-hmm. Like, Don't worry. Like John 3.16. I got a Bible here. Okay. Uh, we're surrounded by eagerness. Uh, Hebrews 12. One, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which snow so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. So, now the things that hold you would probably be that that's what's going on. Those things that ensnare us. Which would be, by the way, if you want to know what the things that ensnare you are, it would be the law and the sin that you commit, etc. But this is, so, so do you see how, I'll tell you what's really weird here in mysticism. It, mysticism has us take a passive approach to the law and an active approach to the gospel, which mm. is the opposite. See, that's nice. So, whereas you're when you're preaching the go- law and gospel, you look, you are a sinner and you're chasing after sin. You're doing it. You're active in your sin, but the gospel comes to you passively. But here in mysticism, the law is passive. These things that hold you, these things that this alienation that you feel, this loneliness, this sense of uh, this sense of distance from God, all these kind of bad emotions and stuff. You're the victim of all these sorts of things. So what you need to do is let him have these things. See, come sing. Let your, uh, your uh, lift your hands. Give him all your tears. Give him all your years of pain. Then you'll enter into life in Jesus' name. So that so that you're a passive victim of sin, and now you're actively grabbing hold of God's wholeness in the gospel. Hmm. See that? Yeah. Look at you. You probably never thought of that before. I have never thought of that before. It's true. I just thought of it just now. <laughs> Man, I should not listen to Facebook all the time. I'm going to turn off Twitter this next This is kind of nice. <laughs> all right. Um, was there something that you mentioned during the break you wanted to bring up on the air? 
No, I don't oh. think so. Was it? I thought so. But yeah, don't you remember the uh, Kierkegaard thing? No, there was something else. Nope, can't think of it. Okay. Can you think of it? What is it? Is that actual crickets in the background that I hear? <laughs> crickets. I got a little thing. Okay. Um, then the last question is any, any explicit false teaching for three minutes of airtime? <laughs> oh, you're worried about that. Why don't we... Oh, I know what I was... I did find it. I did, we tried to translate therapeutic Pelagianism into back into Danish. Therapeutic Pelagianism is what it is. Let's put that on a shirt. Do we have a Danish version of our Table Talk Radio store? What's <laughs> I don't, the I don't last think question? so. Uh, explicit false teaching. Oh yeah. Okay. Let's see here. Spirit like now. Okay. I'll ask you a question, and it's this: uh, Let him. Uh, oh, let him have the things that hold you, and his spirit like a dove will descend upon your life and make you whole. Is that true? Or not true? The other option. Okay, read it again. Let him have... Th- Are you paying attention? No. What can you possibly be checking? You don't even have Facebook. <laughs> well, let him have those things that hold you, and his spirit, like a dove, will descend upon your life and make you whole. Okay. Uh, false. No, false. Not, not true. I think this is so crazy, because when does the spirit descend like a dove? At the baptism of Jesus. And what does he do when he descends upon Jesus? I mean, he anoints him to the for the office of Messiah. And now you say, if you give up the things that hold you, if you, if you somehow... Uh, release the passive sin that you've somehow absorbed into your soul, then now the Holy Spirit is going to send upon your life and give you a particular wholeness. Eesh. Come and fill your lambs. Come and sing the song. All right, here's another one. Oh, give him all your tears of sadness. Give him all your years of pain, and you'll enter into life in Jesus' name. True or false? Wait, I wasn't listening. Go again. <laughs> Quit playing with the crickets. Oh, give him all your tears of sadness. Give him all your years of pain, and you'll enter into life in Jesus' name. False. False. <laughs> this is. So, I mean, it's this like perfect blend of decision theology and mysticism. It's like if you were if you were a mystical decisionist and you were trying to make a Slurpee, this has all the ingredients <laughs> that you want. I, and I think recipe. for some reason the word Slurpee actually fits with mysticism. <laughs> it has all the continents that you would want in a word associated with mysticism. Slurpy. <laughs> no, there's necessary continents to have. <laughs> I don't know, but the, they just think something slur and p slur p. It's the perfect mystical word. All right, write that down for a T-shirt. So, the, is this song crunchy? It is. Oh man, is it crunchy? It's not. Well, here's the problem. With crunching a song, is it normal? You know, for food to crunch in your mouth, it has to have something solid. To actually, <laughs> this is too slurpy to crunch. This is just—I mean, I don't know. Didn't even start. But yeah, okay, crunched. Fine. I'll—I'll I'll go with your categories. Good. Crunched. Good. All right. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, let's. Uh, <laughs> let's just completely stalling. But here comes the, the theme music. Yay! The end of this. The end of the show. Yay! <laughs> is it time already? <laughs> yeah, it's time. Ah, oh, there it is. Whew. For a minute there, I thought we were going to have to talk about something. Hey, uh, if you want to listen to all of our past shows, <laughs> did I can... not use the buzzword gospel? You did, and I was going to see if you realized it, and apparently you didn't. But you're just hoping that you did. I'll give you 500 points, though. 500 points. Did you hear the time that I used XFX Operate Operato? No, I missed it. Neither did I. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio.
where the points are like all the things you've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that all of the hosts and do not reflect the, the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.